Hi everyone, you're listening to Latinas with Masters podcast. Like and subscribe and comment down below. Thank you for listening. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Christina Rodriguez, creator and host of the Latinas with Masters podcast. And thank you for joining us today on this very special episode um, of the Latinas with Masters podcast. We continue to give our Chicanos, our Latinos, our Latinx their flowers who have graduated with their master's degree or currently pursuing a master's degree. My very special guest is Joseph Valdez. His pronouns are him and his. And I'm very excited to welcome Joseph uh, to the Latinas with Masters community. Joseph currently has an AA in sociology and an AA in history. So we have a double major here. Um, he is a transfer student from Orange Coast College to Cuesta Mesa. He has a bachelor's degree in sociology from CSU Long Beach and is currently a graduate student in the MSW program at CSU Long Beach as well. So without further ado, I would love to welcome my guest, Joseph. How are you today? Good evening, Christina. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for your time and for, you know, having the opportunity to pick your brain and your wisdom and, you know, have an opportunity for you to share your story of how you became a Latino with a Latino with a master's degree. Well, gracias a Dios for having me, man. It's like, uh, it's been one, one, uh, it's been a good roller coaster ride. Um, I shouldn't say a bad, bad choice roller coaster. It's been a, a beautiful ride. I've been, I've been blessed beyond my comprehension. I don't know if you, uh, we, we, uh, we exchanged email before, and uh, when my, when my uh, story went uh, national, actually went all around the world. I had so many interviews. It, 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 what happened? It was like mind boggling. Um, but but um, part of my truth, my truth is I had been using drugs for 43 years. I had been in a heroin addict for 38, mm -hmm. right? And uh, it wasn't, I was running around my, my neighborhood at an early age. And it wasn't until I was 55. I just turned 64 in August, right? People it, it was. It wasn't until I, I turned. I was 55 when I decided enough was enough. I figured at 55, I had put enough for work in my neighborhood, and uh, they didn't kick me out. I didn't tell on nobody, and or, or I didn't lock it up. I just I walked away on my terms. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of things that that happened when my wheels collide, and in between that time that I was running out there, um, I was given the opportunity to go to the service. And I, I went for four years. And how I came out with an honorable discharge is, is beyond me because I should have got, I got in trouble and they wanted to put me in prison, in army prison, and I skated, you know. Mm -hmm. And and uh, I ended up with the honorable discharge. And, and I was only out of the service um, five months when I went to prison for the first of 40 times. Because that's how many times I've been to prison, 40 times, seven terms and 33 violations. All drug-related programs, all drug-related crimes, I should say. And and um, those were selling drugs, um, stealing for drugs, um, just trying to get drugs, you know. Um, and and um, again, it wasn't until I was 55 when I said enough was enough. There was a series of events that happened. 
when I finally said enough is enough and I went into the Salvation Army and for that, I have to give him a shout out. I forgot to tell you that has it not been for the Salvation Army of Anaheim, you know, uh, they saved my life. They gave me the opportunity to sit, uh, to stay there for a year in the program. Mm -hmm. It's an adult rehabilitation program, drug and alcohol program, but it's faith-based. <clears throat> Mind you, I knew it was faith-based because I hadn't been to a, a church in 40 years. Mm -hmm. No spirituality whatsoever. And I firmly believe, uh, Christina, that, that that's, that's wrong with a lot of people. You know, that uh, they're not spiritually uh, fit. And when I say spiritually fit, it's however you define your spirituality. Whether it's Allah, Buddha, Confucianism, Taoism, meditation, you know, you a person needs to be spiritually fit. Mm -hmm. You know, however you define it. We, we say in recovery, a, a power greater than yourself, you know. And, and, and I believe it. I believe it. It's worked for me and it's gotten me this far. I wasn't out of the... I wasn't out of the, the Salvation Army um, when I got out. I, I entered the Salvation Army uh, with six days clean, April of 2013, and I left April 2014. And that summer of 2014 is when I started going to summer school at Orange Coast college and and uh and to tell you the truth it's not funny god's god's a, a funny guy my <laughs> only reason why i started that summer uh, a session was when i left the salvation army i went and inquired because i uh, i had an armor of discharge and i went to all these services that the veterans had here in orange county mm -hmm. and i needed a place to stay mm -hmm. i didn't know where i was gonna go i went to this one place I showed them my discharge and they signed me up for all these programs. And one of them was because I had an honorable discharge, was uh, living at a veteran's house for two years rent free. Mm -hmm. And the only requirement was either I'd be a full-time worker or a full-time student. Okay. So my mind was, well, I'm going to do the bare minimum just to get them off my back and I'll figure out in two years where the heck I was going to go after that. Mm -hmm. I, I got That's my truth. I share that all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and, and a funny thing that summer uh, I, I, go, I went to school full time and and um, something happened where, where I said to myself well this wasn't that bad I took an English class because I was one level below English like a remedial uh, before I hit the 100 class mm -hmm. and I took a uh, um, it was something to cover uh, the, the humanities. I forgot what it was. But uh, I got good grades. And you know what? I said, this is doable. Mm -hmm. So I signed up for the for the fall or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, it was the fall. Wow. And the rest is history. Uh, I had a hard time at Orange Coast College because I couldn't get math. Mm -hmm. They told me I couldn't uh, get a de degree to transfer uh, um, unless I passed the college level algebra. I never had algebra. Mm -hmm. I never, ever, ever had algebra. And um, to the point, man, it was like, I, uh, to tell you the truth, I share this all the time too, that, you know, I, I thought about quitting because I had I had flunked four different levels of, of, of algebra while I was there. Mm -hmm. And, and on the, you're not the only one. <laughs> on, the, on the third time that I was there, um, I had flunked this third class 
and I, I'm in recovery and I go to meetings uh, regularly mm -hmm. and I have, I'll go to the Saturday meeting with my sponsor and my sponsor brothers and afterwards we'll go eat. Uh, but for like two years, I would share every Saturday about that damn math, every Saturday, all oh, the math, this, that. and finally my, uh, one weekend uh, uh, after I uh, fulfilled the third class, uh, my sponsor calls me after the, he pulls me over after the, the end of the meeting, he says, come here, man. And he goes, when you were running around the streets and you were doing, he didn't, he, he put it, he put it in, uh, I'm going to give you the, the, the PG version. Street terms? <laughs> he goes, <clears throat> he goes, when you were running around the streets and you were dope sick from heroin and you woke up, did that stop you from getting loaded? And I go, no. He goes, I know that because I, yeah, that, it, when, when you were like that, you would do anything just to, just so you wouldn't be dope sick. So it's that same mindset that you you were going that you used to go get your dope. The same mindset you put in all aspects of your recovery, and in your schooling. You'd be surprised what happens when you when you do that. And he was right. Yeah. He was right. And and I ended up getting more tutors uh, that that for that last class that I passed, and the rest is history. You know, and I ended up uh, getting a, a sociology degree for transfer. And then I ended up getting a history, American history mm -hmm. transfer. But I, I chose sociology because, you know, I, sociology, I, I lived through most of the, I lived through all of that. Mm -hmm. I was born in 58. As we were talking before, I lived through uh, JFK. Mm -hmm. killed. I, I lived through the uh, his brother, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. Uh, I lived through the civil rights movement. Uh, Vietnam was a daily occurrence on, on TV. Wow. The, the, the riots, what riots, the riots in uh, different parts of the United mm -hmm. States, the uh, race riots, busing, mm -hmm. uh, when all the ugly pushback from all the, the, the different communities that they were not in our, in our backyard. And it was more to it, than that, you know. And, and again, uh, I ain't got no animosities. I ain't got no no hatred, and I ain't got no grudges in my heart. I, I I've learned. I lived with like that all my life. I lived like that all my life, and I refuse to live like that today. I'm all inclusive. I love. I don't care who you are, or what you do, or or what color you are, purple, green, the rainbow. I don't care. I don't care. You know. Um, I've lived with too much hate, and and I've lived through too much hate. Again, I grew up in conservative Orange County, mm -hmm. and and uh, and and in that police department in my neighborhood, they were all white, serving a, a predominant uh, 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 demographics. In that area, was all was all uh, Chicano, right? Not one, not one person of brown was ever in that police department. It, took, it wasn't until the seventies that they switched over, yeah. but they were real resistant in, in having a. a any person of color on that police department and because of that well unfortunately i had to go through a lot of flashlight therapy and and uh physical abuse from the from the from the police department and and uh um at times uh maybe it might have been warranted yeah, but the, the mindset was, well, we tell them shit anyway, because we are knew we we're going to get beat up. So, so might as well talk shit to them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, back you then. What I love about your story, um, Joseph, is that you went in full force 
answering all my questions that I was already going to ask you. <laughs> so I love how you're just going in and just telling your truth and telling your story. Um, I love how you started fast forward because I do want to rewind a little bit because I really want people to know Joseph, right? I know that you have a story on how you got to where you are, but I know you had mentioned that you were born in 58, like you said, and tell me about you and your family and where you grew up. I know you said you grew up in a conservative, conservative Orange County. I'm from the Bay Area, so I'm not really familiar with Orange County or Southern California other than the main, you know, popular uh, cities, of course. But tell me about, like you said, growing up, you said you experienced JFK, you've seen Vietnam, right? As far as like on the TV, I'm sure you knew people that were um, drafted, you know, and I know you're a service member yourself. So I do want to also give you, you know, your respect and thank you for your service as well. But um, just tell us about you and your family and like where you grew up. I grew up in a Mexican neighborhood, Chicano neighborhood. There's a uh, 400 homes there. Mm -hmm. And that that neighborhood was was uh, was built in the late late to early late late 40s early 50s as a result of returning uh, GIs coming from uh, World War II and, and Korea, mm. right? And when I say GIs, they were uh, Chicano GIs because mm -hmm. uh, somebody came up with a bright idea. Well, you know what? They got the GI loan. They got a, a VA loan. Let's, let's, let's build this. Uh, build the homes for them to get that let's money. Let's build these homes over here in the middle of the cornfields, the middle of all the bugs and all the, 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 the and out of the way. And, and, and we can get their money, you know, because mm -hmm. that's guaranteed money. And they did that. So mm -hmm. the common denominator for that housing track was each and everybody that the original homeowners were all uh, Chicano and they had served in the, the military. I think at that time, the original, there was like five or six Anglos that lived there. Maybe, maybe 10 families out of the 400, but the rest were all but again, the common denominator was all, was, they were all veterans, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. The original owners. I grew up with uh, uh, hardworking parents. Uh, I grew up with good morals and values. So I can never ever say that that was my parents' fault. Even though we used to get the shit beat out of us uh, 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 regularly for doing this or that, or that, but that was the norm. Mm -hmm. But the way that I, I got beat up back then is like, it would, my my parents would have been in a prison for, for a long time, uh, what was considered today's norms, mm -hmm. right? But everybody got it like that back then, you know? So corporal punishment was a big thing. Remember, corporal punishment was a big thing at school. They used to get, mm -hmm. paddle you right there in, the, in, 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 in the classroom or in the recess or whatever. It was mm -hmm. regular, like it, it was cool. It was, it was a thing, you know? Um, again, I, I grew up with good morals and values, so nothing I've ever did in, in my lifetime is a reflection of my parents, although they would all, my mom would always cry, oh, what did I do wrong? You didn't do nothing wrong, mom. You told you, I did everything. I'm, nobody put a gun in my head and nobody twisted my arm to do the things that I did, right? I knew exactly what I was doing. And, and, and again, most of it was fear-based. I started hanging around my, my, my homies at an early age, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 9, 10, 11. First time I got arrested was 11, uh, I was 11 years old. And, and, and after that, uh, my rite of passage was, uh, was a sixth grade going to seventh grade. Uh, my dad told me uh, that summer that they weren't going to buy my, my clothes no more, that I had to go to work. 
and everybody in my neighborhood that even at that age everybody worked you know uh, again that was uh, like the norm for them days you know uh, when you reach a certain age especially the men they were ex uh, experienced uh, they were expected to go work mm -hmm. my dad was a patriarch it was a patriarchal uh, uh, household mm. you know uh, but but with arguments, uh, my dad tell me this and that, you know, uh, my mom would have a say, uh, but most of the decisions were up to him. My dad was al alcoholic and, and uh, to the point that, that uh, as I got older, he started uh, hitting my mom a lot. So I would uh, witness that uh, early on. And and that never rubbed off on me. Uh, older, all my relationships, I've never hit a woman. You know, uh, when it got to that point, I usually walk away. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, now during those times, do you remember your dad or your mom ever talking to you about college, or did you know anybody? Never. never. It was expected. Ever? We were all expected to go to work. Um. And that's funny you should say that because I share that all the time. Uh, even though I was going in, I started going in uh, when I, when I, that, that summer of sixth grade, going to seven, I started working mm -hmm. was when, um, I have to tell you the story real quick because this, this, this really focuses on, 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 on the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Working on myself, I, I, I found that one moment where, where from then on everything changed. This moment was like this. My dad told me that I had to go to work for him. Mm -hmm. right I was in the sixth grade going to the seventh grade that summer so the first day of work I go to work with my dad oh my dad he was he was ruthless right and and uh and I was in labor I don't know if you ever familiar with, with construction workers but at the end of the day they gather around they start drinking right mm -hmm. so they pass the hat and and uh, my dad goes get gets a beer. He comes back, and there's about eight guys, and he's throwing everybody beer. And when it comes to me, he throws me a a a, a soda. I don't say nothing. Next day, same thing. But this time, my uncle went. My uncle comes, same thing. Collected money, went, came back, got the uh, passing out the beer, throwing everybody beer. When it came to me, he throws me a beer, right? And I catch it. And I look at my dad, and if looks were killed, I, I died a thousand deaths. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'm watching him watch my uncle, and my uncle's telling him, what? He worked a, a, a man's job, now he gets a man's dream. And my dad didn't say shit. Mm -hmm. That was like the beginning of the end, because from then on, I started hanging out with the homies, I started drinking. It was a green light for me to, to, to do all these different things. That was my rite of passage, and I just, I, I became a man in because i was working and now i get to drink right and, uh, and that is not the first time i've heard that in the latino culture when it comes to men um or young men or preteens, right or teenagers not preteens, but teenagers of you know they want to drink early right they, they want that taste they want a beer they want alcohol and then you always have that one uncle or that one adult figure that goes, you want to drink, get a job. The moment that you pay your bills, the moment that you work, the moment that you, you know, pay rent or whatever it is, right, that they're trying to put the point across, that's the day that you get to drink. And I've seen people, 
you know, get a job, pay the bills, pay rent, you know, at a very young age. And then what, what can you say now? Right. If, the, if that is the passageway, like you said, of being a man, right. Of having my priorities straight, I have a right to drink. Right. And, and it happens a lot in our Latino culture. And unfortunately, sometimes that early on experience leads to addiction right at an early oh age. that that was the beginning of the end because now i'm hanging out more and more with my 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 homies and i'm getting busted uh i started getting uh, oh 13 14 15 16 17 18 i was going in and out of juvenile facilities because wow. of because of uh of being under the influence drinking uh uh fighting uh and then, and then, uh, you know, because where I live, um, that 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 field ended up. They started building houses, and they were all white. And now, um, I'll tell people. Uh, I'll share. I, I never, I never, fought, we never fought with other uh, 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 Chicano neighborhoods in them days. It was always against white people, man. Mm -hmm. You know, and and uh, hanging out with my own boys. They, I never put in work on other other Rasa. Uh, uh, it was all I put in work against uh, white boys running them all out, mm -hmm. and and it, it was what it was. Protection again, uh, going to school all them years. Uh, uh, I used to hear uh, on a daily basis. Uh, mind you, what kind of shit is this? At, in kindergarten, I come home and I ask my mom what a what a damn wetback was, and wow. she got so. She went ballistic. She go, where in the hell do you? But she she said to, she had some choice words, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, my classmate too. Oh man, she went. We got in a car. We went to school, and she made the big ass uh, uh, thing. Of course, they didn't do nothing to the kid, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and you think about it, it's not the kid's fault. It wasn't That's his fault. behavior coming from the home, right? You know, but I I had to endure that shit from from kindergarten all the way to high school. Get the yeah. fuck out of here! You uh, go back to Mexico and fucking wet back, you fucking beat and all that shit. Every fucking day. Well, you know what? We we put an end to all that bullshit, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, that was just the lifestyle I chose to live, man. And 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 uh, it got me in a lot of trouble. So at what point, when you were experiencing, when you were like what you said, you were going in and out of prison, you were, um, you know experiencing drugs you know living off of drugs at what point did you thought about college or was an opportunity brought to you about college because I know like in prison or in the um you know in the in the state prisons you know there are programs out there right um now now, no, now. when I started going in exactly. never yeah so tell me about that transition because a lot of people. I gotta, I gotta tell you this. Uh -huh. I've, been a, I've been to prison forty times, seven terms and thirty. Never once, never once was I ever asked that I have a drug problems, or never once was I encouraged to go to any type of trade school. Never. Number one, number two. I'll have to tell you this: in the times that I was out there for in, in for high school, of course I went to all high uh, high school, mm -hmm. and I I took. Three aptitude tests, three different years for three different counselors. They were all white, of course. And the first one tells me, Joseph, you scored high on the aptitude test. You could be a good mechanic. The second one tells me, Joseph, you scored high on the aptitude test. You could be a good construction worker. 
And the Torah will tell me, Joseph, you scored high on the aptitude test. You could be a good landscaper, right? And 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 that tells you, that tells you the, the, the mentality. And so when they talk about systematic racism, I said, fuck you. I lived through that shit, huh? Mm -hmm. You know, never was I encouraged to go to fucking Berkeley. Never was I encouraged to go to Yale or, or, or Harvard or, or even USC or UCLA, man. Nobody ever told me that I had the capacity to be a doctor or lawyer. No, nobody, nobody. Nobody. Of course, I, I, I don't blame my parents. They, you know, they, I was expected to go to work and help out my family. And I, I understand that because uh, the neighborhood I grew up in, my dad was a construction worker and that's seasonal. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and, 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 and the weather was regular then. So, you know, we had regular weather, not like today. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, when it rained, it rained. And sometimes it rained for a couple of months, man. So you're, in that time, you're not doing nothing. So it was, we had... We had some hard times, right? And then when my mom decided to uh, divorce my dad, that was that was even because she ended up when we were in high school, she divorced my dad. Mm -hmm. Well, she was by herself, and that was even more harder, right? So, oh. so uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's sad to me that, I mean, like you said, during that age, you lived through systemic racism. Like that was the reality of it, you know, and. And I don't, and, and definitely in what we're learning now, right? Listening to your story and reading articles and 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 basically reading and hear, hearing counter stories, right? Because there's people that are narrating our experience as Latinos, right? As Chicanos, as first generation, but they're not people that look like us, right? And that is the difference, right? So I 100% believe your truth that you were left out black and brown students are left out in learning spaces because they don't want us to be in this space they don't want us to take up space right so great you'll be a great mechanic a construction worker a landscaper right they're already placing latinos into a particular labor market right oh yeah and so, and I believe it because my dad was a maintenance supervisor working in apartments for 30 years. And the only type of college I've heard him take was ESL classes to learn English, right? Because he was fresh coming here from Nicaragua. And other than that, nobody encouraged him to go to college, right? His, 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 his work and, and, and the people that he knew all had similar jobs, painters, construction workers, landscaper, janitorials, right? And so you know, it, and then to hear yourself, right, on the other side of the state, experiencing the same thing, and you're born here, you are quote unquote American, right, because you're born on the soil, you speak English, right, all of the barriers that immigrants have coming into this country, and yet you're still put in that, in that box. Let me, let me, let me, let me tell you one piece of history, and it's sad. I told you there's 400 homes in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And all them homes had an average back then, had an average of six kids. Now, there's some families that had 15, 16, 17 kids, 18 kids. But on the average, everybody had like six, seven kids in, in each and every one of them houses, right? Mm -hmm. Between 1964 and 1975, that neighborhood was going to a particular high school. So we figured there was 250 kids that went in that era, right, to that high school, mm -hmm. right? 
Mm-hmm. How many how many of your team went to college? Two. It's very low. Yeah. Two. Junior colleges. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one out of that near uh, uh, neighborhood from my era that's that's gone to a to a master's program or that's gotten an undergrad in that era. That era. Now there's kids that that, that are that oh, they're making me shine. Oh, I mean they're they're making me. But the other thing was this. Now, this is in uh, North Orange County in the city of Stanton. Mm-hmm. Now, times that by, by Orange County or, or Southern California, or this times that by the Southwest. And how much, how, 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 how much lost, uh, 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 um, what do you want to call it, uh, people, how we lost people that could have come up with a COVID uh, 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 vaccine, mm-hmm. the, how much, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the amount of uh, uh, the resources that were lost, mm-hmm. brain resources from Grasa. Well, we, we can't put a, 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 we can't go to the moon. We can't help, we did. We, there's a the guy that helped uh, uh, set up the, the uh, perseverance uh, uh, land rover in in, in uh, for Mars, mm-hmm. but we lost so much talent Absolutely. in that era. Yeah, so much, and I'm not talking about uh, uh, hundreds. There are hundreds of thousands that that, that, that got lost. Uh, 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 Latinos and Latinos, uh, Chicanos and Chicanos that, that we lost yeah. in that era, I mean, all because of systematic racism. So when people tell me, I said bullshit. Miss me with that bullshit, huh? Yeah. A perfect example, man. Nobody has, not till the, I decided it was nothing enough that I, I said I, I was through with that lifestyle that I, I, I applied myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I, mean, I, I got no regrets either. I, I really do. At this point in my life, I, I got no regrets. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean, yeah, even if you think about the history of the walkout, right, which was in, in um, Southern California. And that's the whole reason, right? That Latinos and Chicanos were not getting the same um, resources or the same equal opportunities of the AP courses, right? Yeah, you know, like getting an academic counselor uh, to talk about scholarships, to talk about attending a junior college, to attending a university, like all that stuff, like that all, that was like the foundation of that, right? Um, and like you said, we're still experiencing that. We're still 2022, and I'm still talking about equity in education. I'm still talking about sure. you know removing the GMAT and the GRE and all these other you know um, barriers that you know are not equitable pathways to get into graduate school. You know, especially for Black and Brown students. I mean, that's the reality of it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't pay. I didn't pay for a GRE or a GMAT. Um, uh, test. I picked schools that specifically did not require that. Like I knew that much, right? That I, took I took them. I, I didn't take them. I'm not even gonna lie. I was like, yeah, hey, but but I, I didn't have to pay because of the veterans paid for all that. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. But like, and we're talking about like in the 2000s, right? We're talking about like we're supposed to be, you know, with all these resources, and that was still a barrier for me. You know what I'm saying? And so, talk to us about. Because I definitely want to get into like your undergrad and graduate, but talk to us about you ent- entering the military. Like, 
how did that happen? Like, how old were you? What was the transition like? Um, I, I had just turned 18. And actually, this was, uh, this was, on my 18th birthday, was the first time I stuck a needle in my arm. Because up to that time, I had already been experiencing with heroin at, at age 15. And at age, up to that time, I had already seen homeboys uh, uh, OD and die. My uncles, I had uncles that died. I had cousins that died. And and no way, no how was I going to stick a needle in my arm. But at 18, I did. And I had somebody else do it. So, and I just graduated high school uh, about, about two weeks it had been two, three weeks later, I, I caught a case. I caught a serious case. And, and to the point that the, back then, this was 1976, the judge gave me the option of either A, going to prison for two years, or B, uh, join the service. But uh, he tells me, but if you go in the service, you have to sign up for four years. And this is a, I remember to this day, he goes, Mr. Valdez, you graduated high school and I think you have some redeeming qualities. Mm -hmm. So if you do this, if you go to the military and you graduate uh, basic training, you can come over here and bring your certificate. And that's one of the first time I ever heard that fancy word expunge. We'll expunge it from your record. <laughs> so of course that was a damn no brainer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that that case never comes well, comes up in my my record, and it was a serious case, and and uh, I did that. Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as basic training, I came home and I went straight to the court, and they did that, and the judge was a man of his word, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, going in the military, I still acted a fool. I was Joseph from the neighborhood, but now I'm getting paid for it. Yeah. Uh, I went to Fort Hood, Texas. Um, I wasn't experimenting with 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 uh, with 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 heroin at that time. I was drinking and smoking a lot of weed, drinking, uh, dropping a lot of barbiturates. Mm. Uh, but my first my first duty station was in Fort Hood, Texas, and I walked in about a month after I was there. I walked in on this guy, and he was he was uh, slamming heroin. Right, he was cooking it up and closed the door, closed the door, and he asked me if I. If I had ever used it, of course, the way he said it, my pride and ego kicked in, and uh, mm -hmm. and I didn't want to seem less than. So, I, oh yeah, I've done it. Like I done it. I thought I never did it one one time. And it was a uh, uh, I had somebody else do it. And then he tells me, uh, "Don't tell me you're one of them them, them sissies that I have to I have to uh, slam." And I go, oh, "No, I've done it. I've done it many a time. I ain't never did it. I never slammed myself. I've seen my homeboys, my uncles, and everybody else do it. I have always seen them do that little ritual." Yeah. Uh, and I, I knew exactly what, what you had to do. It's like having your own YouTube, but I was watching you do it all the time. Yeah. So I just followed suit, and that was the first time, and it was on a crack. And uh, when I share, I was sharing. I never got strung out in my neighborhood, even though I was experimenting at early age, at 15. I got strung out when I went to the service. I got strung out when I got to Fort Hood, Texas. Me and that guy used to use on a daily basis. I was, mm -hmm. and that back then it was a, like a no-no. You know, it's like it was like if you got caught, it's like ooh, that was big, 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 big uh, 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 consequences. Mm -hmm. Usually, you got kicked out. You know, with the less than honorable, and even then, the stigma attached to having a 
less than honorable discharges, like having dishonorable discharge. And even today, there's a stigma attached to it. Um, a little bit after that, I transferred to Germany and I spent two and a half years in Germany. And I'll, I'll share this. That was a heroin heaven, man. You know, and, and uh, um, I stopped. I stopped in Germany seven months to the house because I OD'd on a train. And, and uh, I ended up kicking. I kicked because they sell a lot of uh, barbiturates over the counter in Germany. And I used some of that to help me ease the, the physical physical withdrawals from, from heroin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I got home, after four years, my mom threw me a party. And guess what? I walked into my old room and there was my brother with all my cousins doing that ritual. And asked, they asked me if, they, if I wanted some. This time I knew how to do it by myself, and I did it, of course, and, and I was on a crack. That was the beginning of the end, because uh, five months later, I got I got arrested, and I got my first uh, state sentence, with, and, and and that was 1980, and I, had, I was going in and out, 80s, 90s, wow. and 2000. Like I said, I had been in prison 40 times, right? And... and uh, you know, I don't get into details, you know, uh, it, running around my neighborhood, uh, uh, stealing, uh, robbing, uh, selling, anything to get drugs. Um, mm -hmm. I always tell people, man, you know what? Uh, I always, and, and my truth is this. I love getting loaded. That's my truth. Mm -hmm. I love the Fjordkai. I loved it. I loved the, the street scene. I loved all that drama. I loved it all. Mm -hmm. And I was so content that in my mind, I figured I was gonna die on the streets and I was good with it, you know? And and I meet a lot of people that used to have that mindset today, you know? And and uh, like, uh, again, I was telling you, there was a series of events that happened that, that, that I checked into the Salvation Army. And prior to checking in, I knew I wanted to get clean. I just didn't know how. I had called, uh, I had called six different places on the seventh try. I called the Salvation Army. They said, "Sure, come on in." Them six places, the the rehabs, they were all rehabs. Yeah. They all yeah. wanted money. They all wanted insurance, and then their their scholarship beds, which are are, are free beds. They the whatever whatever uh, they had a two month waiting list. And I didn't want to go. I didn't want to wait two, two two months. I wanted to go now. Yeah, anything can happen in two months. And, and uh, the salvation took me in. And for that, I'm eternally grateful to the point that I've been going to the Salvation Army every Wednesday since I graduated for over eight years and seven months, you know, uh, to show my appreciation because uh, they, that, that organization saved my life. I love that place and, and all that they do. And, uh, 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 and I always tell people that's where uh, Joseph found Joseph. I found myself there. I found my spirituality. I found the God of my understanding. Mm -hmm. And and uh, well, the rest is history. You know, I got out and I applied myself with the VA and uh, using uh, my discharge, honorable discharge. One that I should have. Uh, 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 they wanted to put me in prison because uh, I broke this guy's jaw when, when I was in Germany. And, 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 um, I thought I had, I had beat him so bad that he wasn't going to get up, and he did. And he, when he, he got up, he found me, and he hit me over the head with a baseball bat to the point that I, I had to get medevac to a, a hospital 100 miles away. This is in Germany, mind you. Mm 
Wow. And and I was in the hospital for three weeks. The doctor told me had I not been so loaded, because I was loaded, I was thrown out. I was drinking and smoking hash and all that. Mm -hmm. He said I would have bled out. But because I was so loaded, my 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 heart wasn't pumping that that that, mm -hmm. that fast. Yeah. Right? And what happened, see, God's a funny guy. When when the guy hit me, he hit me in front of all the powers that be them. So so it made it look like I was a victim, mm. right? They didn't know the full story, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and for two weeks after after well, the first day after I woke up in the hospital, there was a guy that you ever see that program, NCIS? Yes. You know that program? Well, that's about naval detectives investigating naval crimes. Mm. Well, the army has one that's called SID, and that, that's exactly they, what they do. Mm -hmm. So he kept on asking me about this guy, why did his jaws broken and blah 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 blah. Why was he the way he was? I, I had presence of mind. Joseph from, from the neighborhood kicked in and, and not say nothing. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. Yeah. And 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 uh, and the second day when he went and called, uh, went to uh, try to uh, uh, interview me. I seen him talking to the doctor and he's telling the doctor, when's he gonna get wake up? I need I need to question him because there's a crime that was committed and and the doctor's telling him, well, he, he suffered a major concussion and 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 there's a good chance that he might have a temporary amnesia. And watch out the pinchy focal went up, you're not gonna amnesia. So everybody had, had presence of mind not to say shit. I don't remember nothing. He came for two weeks and asked me every day, I don't know nothing. I don't remember nothing. Mm -hmm. I skated. 38 years later, the army, uh, the, the VA found fit because of, because of that incident, I get ringing in the ears and they gave me a, 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 a they cut me a check for $15,000 for 18 months of back pay. And then they uh, gave me, a, they give me a check for the rest of my life. And because of that, that opened the door for, for, for me going to school for free. I did that in my, my undergrad. I did that community college. I did that. I went on the, uh, under the program, Chapter Thirty One, and for my undergrad at, at, at Cal State Long Beach, and then um, and when my my uh, when my story went viral, mm -hmm. they extended it for the masters, so Look I got a free ride for the masters. So when people ask me what I do, oh, I go to school. I know what do you do for work? I go to school. What do you mean you go to school? I, mean, I get I'm paid a full-time graduate student. <laughs> I get paid to go to school. Scholar. Be like, I'm a full-time scholar. <laughs> <laughs> they pay me to go to school and 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 uh you know uh, you can't convince me otherwise, Christina, that that God seen how how tired I was. Mm -hmm. God seen my heart. He knew I was asking for for help. Not now people could believe what they want, and it's fine with them, but this is me. This is my story, and this is how I believe it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and he's blessed me beyond my comprehension you know because I was tired now I was finished enough was enough I had done whatever I did all the, the things all them years mm -hmm. and 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 he knew I wanted to change I didn't know how I was going to do it but the Salvation Army pushed me and helped me uh, get on my way and so I did like how does someone with your background and your experience get into college right um, cause like you said, there are this perception of, because of your background, you can't get into college. I work in housing. I know it's very difficult to get into housing and we can definitely touch that when we get to that part of the conversation. I got better in housing. I'm on Hudvash. Mm -hmm. I've had Hudvash for seven years. Yeah. So, what? um, 
so yeah so tell us so when you went to community college was it an issue do you have to disclose it do they do like a background check and then and then bring that up to you like tell us about it when I started this journey, like I said, uh, I went and seen what the VA could do for me because somebody brought it to, to my attention when I was in the Salvation Army. That's yeah. when I first started the first uh, full work. Mm-hmm. And she tells me, hey, don't you a veteran? I go, yeah. This counselor, it was a counselor at the Salvation Army. She goes, you got an honorable discharge? I go, Shh. just so happens that I do. How I did that is beyond me, but I got one. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, well, I just got off the phone with a, a veteran representative from Long Beach because uh, they got a VA facility right there in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And and it's a big one. And she goes right now. He, he says there's a there's a lot of programs that are open for uh, for honorably discharged veterans, especially considering you're here at the at, at the Salvation Army. At the Salvation Army, you're considered homeless. So he was saying that they had a lot of programs open for at risk or homeless veterans. And I mentioned uh, your name to him, but but he said you have to have your your discharge. So. We went and got my discharge, and I went over and I got plugged in. And the rest is history, man. I went to this one place over here in Orange County, and I met this uh, met this uh, veteran counselor, mm-hmm. and, and and he was the one that told me about about the, the two year program. Uh, uh, I got me set up after I got out of the Salvation Army. I went to a veteran's house with, with two years free rent, mm-hmm. and and he signed me up. Uh, he helped me sign up for a community college. And and I asked him that, and he goes, "Man, they ain't, they ain't gonna ask you nothing. I mean, just just say you're a veteran. Just say you're a veteran. Just say you're well. You know, I can see what he what he meant. Just say you're a veteran, yeah. right? And if they ask you, just tell me it's just a career change. I go, all right. <laughs> because at that particular, it's funny. It's funny because in 2014 there was a study that just came out about older baby boomers switching uh, uh, careers or what have not. Mm-hmm. Right, and I, I just. Well, I didn't look to, suspicious. Yeah, I didn't look like anything else. I just but... happened, but if anybody asked, I, my, my, you know, I was more than willing to, uh, to tell him, and I, he knew, he knew my whole history, and 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 um, he helped me navigate uh, uh, and get get plugged into Orange Coast College, and and all the other stuff that the, the VA helped helped me with the, the signing all these papers. Man, I, I signed all these papers, and and he was the one that helped me uh, uh, put in for my ringing of the years. Uh, um, like I said, now I get a, uh, I get a separate check. I get a check for the rest of my life for the reading years because I still get reading years like three, three times a week, yeah. and and then I get another check for going to school that for the program that I'm under the, uh, uh, because I'm fifty percent. That's a magic number with the VA, and fifty percent is considered uh, I get full medical coverage, right? And that opened the door for this program called Chapter Thirty One. Mm-hmm. And the only requirement is that you had to have 10% uh, uh, VA rated, and I have 50%. So the, what that entitled was uh, uh, 40 years of, of, of schooling where they pay for the tuition, they pay for everything, and then they pay you to go to school. And and um, that's how that became. And you know what? Uh, I want to go back to one of the questions you had asked. Mm-hmm. You asked me had I ever thought of going to school before. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny because I always talk to uh, right now I'm big. Uh, I, I know you're familiar with Project Rebound in uh, in yes. Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And Project Rebound is uh, for system impacted or and, and formerly incarcerated uh, uh, students, right? And and uh, one of the things that common denominator with all of people that's ever been in, in, uh, incarcerated 
is this. We always play this tape, and the tape is called the, the Wudas, Kudas, Shudas. Mm. And we play this tape in the six by nines. And I always sit, I would sit in the six by nine and wonder how in the hell did I get myself into this damn mess, number one. But the other one is, I, I wonder what would have happened if I had stayed in the, the, the service 20 years, mm. if my life would have been different. I wonder what would have happened if I would have gone to school, if my life would have been different. We've always played that tape in our, in, in, in our mind, the would have, could have, should have. And everybody that's ever been incarcerated will tell you that, especially in prison, man, because you see all the madness. And mind you, being from the neighborhood, I had to carry that, that fake persona in, in prison. So, And I'll tell you, man, you know, my truth is I wore a lot of masks and they were all fear-based because I, I was afraid of the repercussions. I was afraid of what people talk about me. I was afraid of all these different uh, 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 things that other people would think about me that, that but in the end I was just a scared little boy man. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, scared of, uh, of, of not being accepted scared of the, the repercussions scared of, of myself man mm -hmm. you know and and uh, and of course I had to get involved and 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 of course I went to all the mostly places in California and they got special time out places for guys like me you know and I'm not I don't get into the detail but I did all that, but working on myself and, and understanding my truths, in the end, it was all fear-based. I was just scared, man. I was just a scared little boy. Mm -hmm. no. Now tell us, because I know undergrad, being first generation in your family to attend and graduate college, what, like, is there anything that stands out to you during your undergrad that you're like, even though you know you navigate, you got the VA, you got you got tuition paid for, you know, you have a counselor. I definitely want to ask you, like, who are your mentors, right, during this journey? But was there was there a moment in time where you're like, do I belong here? Like, what am I doing here? Like, is there is there something that stood out to you that you felt like you didn't belong there? It's funny you should say that because I just had this in seminar. My seminar deals with my internship. You remember? You remember when you had that in class? Yep. They were everybody, everybody who feels an imposter syndrome and the whole class mm -hmm. went up like that. And I just had like this. And 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 the and my uh my professor goes, Joseph, <laughs> Joseph, you haven't felt at all the imposter syndrome? I go, shit. I'm going I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be here 50 years ago. I knew I, I was made to come to school, right? And then he goes, damn, like that. And I go like that. I would never, I knew I always had the capacity to go to school. So there's no, no imposter about me. Being, I know I believe uh, I belong here. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, um, I knew I was like, again, I always knew I had the capacity. I would just, you know, we call it getting the case of the efforts because a part of that is being formally incarcerated. You know, who's going to, Who's gonna hire me? Cause I got twenty-seven felony convictions, mm -hmm. half of them violent. Who's gonna Who's gonna want me to be here or there? You know, but that's a whole big misconception. Because being in recovery, I work with the I I I, I hang around with the worst of the worst of the worst of what society I've always uh, called the worst in society. And guess what? All these worst have changed their life around, and they they're homeowners, they're business owners, they're supervisors. They're, they're, they're foremen going to school and, and, and a lot of them are raza. 
and a lot of them from every neighborhood in Southern California. And these are the guys that I hang around and the women that I hang around with that inspire me, that, 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 that give me hope that if I continue to do the things that I do today, man, I'm going to be, be one of them, right? I love the, the, the people that I hang around. But uh, uh, the other thing is, they, they taught me that whole thing about hanging out with positive people, doing positive things. Mm-hmm. Of course, you mm-hmm. know, if I go around my neighborhood and I hang around with guys that are getting loaded and, and, and drinking, guess what? We have a saying in, in recovery, if you hang around the barbershop, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get a haircut. Mm-hmm. I go hang around with my homies and, uh, and uh, even if it's a week, two weeks, eventually something's going to give and I'm going to resort to my old ways. You know, I always heard that saying, uh, my parents would always say like, they were saying in Spanish, right? But they would say like, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are in Spanish. Well, you know, you know? It, it, it being a sociology major, you know, now I see the bigger, the big, big, big picture that we know the socioeconomic conditions, the causes, barrios, inner cities. We know the jobs, the, the housing, the redlining, the, 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 the glass ceiling for, for women. We know all the... We know, and it's so true. And I look back and I reflect, and it's so, and it still happens today. It still happens today. When I hear people say, "Miss me with that bullshit, man," it's still happening today. Yep. We know it's still happening today, right? Mm-hmm. That that gave me so. It's sad. It's sad that 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 the the in the inner cities are are, are set up the way they're set up. Uh, uh, but there's a lot of good people trying to make a difference, um, you know, and 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 uh, we got to catch them. Mm-hmm. And we got to catch them when they're young. And and that my my whole thing right now is is uh, I'm working with with a with a with a nonprofit where I interned at, and mm-hmm. and and uh, they work uh, in Santana, work and they primarily work with uh, uh, at-risk youth. Mm-hmm. System impacted youth and adolescents have been uh, formerly incarcerated and and adults, and 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 well, those are my people, man. You know, and and um, and um, that's a population I want to work with because I remember a, a, a particular time in my life when when I was in juvenile hall and these guys would come in and and tell their stories. Whatever. And I said, man, I didn't see a face that 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 that, that looked like mine. That that been the, the things that I I did. They were talking about, you know. Well, it wasn't a, my my story. It didn't hit you, yeah. I mean, you know, and not again. You know, I'm all inclusive, I, I, but these are my truths. Mm-hmm. You know, I love everybody the same, and and and. But it wasn't somebody that I was familiar with. Now, I go in, and you know, I've been given the opportunity to go in juvenile facilities, and and and, and talk recovery, the twelve step uh, program. And and uh, man, I see these my little brown brothers and my little br- uh, uh, black brothers, and they 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 see me and they hear my story, and 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 I've had have uh, uh, a handful come to my uh, my men's meeting, you know, um, preferably everybody, but not everybody's gonna want it, you know. And but if I could just plant the seed, it, 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 that's good enough, you know. I get emotional each and every time I go over there and I talk. I I I, I talk at least once a month there. And and uh, that's the population I want to I want to work with because there was a time when I was teeter tottering. It's a teeter tottering fact. Mm-hmm. If given the right push, I could have gone one way instead of going mm-hmm. the other way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
uh, and nobody gave me that push. Nobody gave me that encouragement. Nobody it, it, it mentored me, man. You know, and I, I'm big on mentoring because I, like I said, I still go to the Salvation Army uh, every Wednesday, and I mentor a lot of men over there and and in their program. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's the and we know we know the the, the data says, especially with the, in, in our inner cities and the barrios, you know, you got a lot of single mothers and dads now that that you know that uh, the kids. Uh, Especially uh, young men, they need they need that father figure, man. They need mentor. I'm big on mentoring, mm -hmm. you know, and I think I can make it some type of difference with my my life experiences helping kids out. No, you're definitely making a difference. That's a fact. I mean, just hearing the things that you're saying, sharing your experiences. I mean, it's coming from the heart. It's not promotion. It's not you know, a calculated response. It's, this is what it is. You know, I never wanted the notoriety. I never did. I mm -hmm. never, I, I never did. It just, uh, when I, when I posted that picture, when I posted that picture of me kneeling down with my, my degree, my sociology degree at, at Long Beach in front of the Blue Beach sign. Yeah. I woke up that morning, knew I was going to have the, the, my photo session. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I don't know why it just like, it was like a, it just popped in my mind. Like, well, yeah. you know what? I wonder how that would look uh, uh, hanging out of the corner, right? Just kicking it with the homies without without the degree. You take the degree away, you take the hat away, and and what's the perception of what people are gonna think of that photo? Ah, another homie, a pinchy, a cholo, or some. A cholo, yeah. Some, it's it's not gonna be in a positive light, right? Now put the damn hat on, put the cap on and, and, and with the degree. It's a whole different, it's like. Well, my, my, taller without Cholo <laughs> or Chola. Well, well, my whole thing, when I when I did that, in all honesty, <clears throat> it was, was a fuck you to the system because okay. all these years, the 40 times I went to prison, nobody, none of you, none of you, none of you ever asked if I wanted any help, if I wanted to go to school, or if I wanted to go to a, a drug rehab, not that I would have gone, but it would have been nice to be and have somebody, somebody, anybody. I don't care who. Nobody yeah. ever asked me. Because unfortunately, all that era, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation never ever wanted to, especially especially now, especially now, there's still it's still overwhelming people of color, Chicano, yeah. Grasa, and, and and my black brothers. Mm -hmm. That's why I have a, a, a team uh, uh, against uh, uh, Pamela Harris. Mm. She could, well, I'm gonna be nice. She she didn't she didn't I didn't vote I didn't vote for her in, in, in Biden because because of, oh I love him. She didn't do shit. She didn't do shit for Grasa, and she didn't do shit for my my black brothers when she was Attorney General of the State of California. As a matter of fact, more Grasa and more African Americans were, were incarcerated under her tenure. So yeah, she's full of shit. The only yeah. reason why I voted for that was the lesser of the two e uh, evils. Was I willing to put up with another four years of that, that other jackass that, that they, they kicked out? Mm -hmm. That was the only reason why I voted for Biden in, in Harris. Other than that, if there would have been anybody else other than Biden, I would have voted for them because she's full of shit. She mm -hmm. ain't done shit. She ain't done nothing as attorney general. I'm sorry, but that's, that's, yeah, that's your truth. Speak up on it. I, I, I've written papers about that. Under I know, for sure, yeah. I wrote, I wrote a couple for... of papers under, uh, when she was a, a attorney general uh, for the state of California. She didn't do nothing. Yeah, yeah. But again, I know, she, like uh, I said, 
she was you know, a San Francisco I'm... district attorney when you know coming from the Bay Area. Like I, but of course, because I'm not into that space, I don't know everything that she's done. So I'm not saying that she's perfect. I looked at her in a different light, of course, but you know that's, uh, that's anything that's the negative. Record, to, uh, record. I mean, Rasa, that's, that's what she did. <laughs> anything that's negative to Rasa that just fills up more, 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 more prisons with with, with people of color. Um, there's something that in that mindset that she's fine with it, and she didn't make no effort to to rectify any of the wrongs, none whatsoever. So no, no, you can't you can't miss me. She's full of shit. Like miss me with that bullshit. So let's go back to that photo because I really think that's so important because I remember I'm just scrolling on social media and then I see this photo and it was the photo I saw the photo you with without your shirt it was just a cap. And um, you're in front of the, I think the, the Long Beach. Right? Yeah, and then um, you have your diploma, and I was just like, I was like, who is this, you know? And I was reading the article, and then I saw you were getting your master's degree, or that you got admitted to your master's program, and I was like, I absolutely have to interview you. And I reached out to you on Facebook, and I introduced myself, and I know we talked on the phone. And it was just like an instant connection. You were totally open of sharing your truth, your story um, and everything like that. And, you know, it was just, it's it's a breath of fresh air to talk to someone like you because I honestly don't have too many people that I know um, that have navigated what you navigated and academia. It's so you know what the, you know what the, you, right? you know, you know what the sad part Christina is. Remember when I was telling you about the, my neighborhood and being the only one in my era that, that, that has gone to get, get, get my master's? Yeah. Much less, much less my undergrad. I'm the only one that's ever gotten undergrad to my era. So I've been to a lot of prisons in California. And unfortunately, as far as uh, for the men, there's a lot of people in my era that will never ever have that opportunity because because they were never given an opportunity for education, right? Mm -hmm. And that's sad. That, that's another sad thing, you know? Uh, uh, I was thinking about all that when I, when I, when I, when I posted, because I, the prisons are filled with geniuses. You'd be surprised. We know that. We know mm -hmm. that. The, 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 only, the only thing is they, they uh, and it's usually behind drugs, uh, they made that one bad decision that's costing them the rest of their lives behind them in places. But they were never given the opportunity to go to a good school or go to much less a, a good elementary school or a good a middle a middle school or a good high school. They, you know, they, they're from the inner city. They're from the barrios. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and and uh, they're doing a, a better job of it now. Yeah, the, the, the teachers, I'm, I'm not going to bang on any teachers now, especially in the inner cities or the barrios. They're mm -hmm. the only... They got their hands tied too. They only, they only, uh, uh, can only do so much, but they do encourage their kids uh, for uh, for higher education. Mm -hmm. I was never encouraged to, you know. And, and there was a lot of people in my area that are in their places now that they never got that opportunity. And it's sad. That was the other thing I, I thought about. Man, it's for you guys too, man. You know. So how did you? How did you think about getting a master's? Like. Did you have a mentor well, or someone that like? You know what? Uh, mm -hmm. I gotta say a shout out to the sociology department of Cal State University Long Beach, uh, Dr. Uh, Stephen Osuna and Dr. Lisa Said. 
they put my ass up to uh, to to go to the masters, mm-hmm. and then uh, I got another friend that teaches at. Uh, he's he's in the recovery, and his name name's uh, Raymond uh, Zacharias. He's a professor of uh, at USC, and and uh, he's been my mentor, uh, one of my mentors uh, uh, on this educational journey, man. Mm-hmm. But my professors at at, at, at uh, man. My professors like me because they do a lot of research and they're both tenured. So to do tenured work at, at any college, you have to, you got to do a lot of research, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And both of their specialties are race and ethnicity. So they would want me to also come on, man, come over here, man. I need to pick your brain. And so they would invite, what a trip, man. People, doctors are inviting me to their office, <laughs> buying me lunch so they could pick me my brain about the research you're going to be doing, man. What a trip. Mm-hmm. From the barrio, from the the worst prison in California, the the being Peachy Cal State University doctor's <laughs> uh, 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 office, uh, him buying me lunch and he's picking my brain about my history. It's like God is good, man. You mm-hmm. know, and, and, and those are the big biggest guys. Uh, all of them, actually, all of them. I, I'm not gonna, but those those are the three biggest guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my professors, all community college, Orange Coast College. Uh, all my professors in the sociology department at, at, at Cal State University of Long Beach, all of them helped me, man. All of them, all of them, all of them, all of them. And right now, even the masters, all my professors there. Oh man, that was a big, big thing because uh, you know, the first day, the first semester, uh, uh, we go the syllabus. Each and every one of my my professors, I know who you are. Each of them told me that. It's like, yeah, we seen your wow. story. We know who you are. <laughs> but I gotta tell you the backstory of that. Mm-hmm. to my acceptance now, now uh, when I put in I had been uh, when that story went viral I already put in my application I was waiting and we know sometimes it's a long ass wait and it was one of them waits and so I'm talking to my uh, uh, this buddy and he goes he goes uh, uh, man you ain't got nothing to worry about uh, uh, you're going to get in that 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 uh, uh because you went viral you're guaranteed in and so i gotta tell you the truth it didn't sit with me when he told me that yeah i lost a couple of days sleep on that mm-hmm. i really did and I, now i gotta tell you this whole thing real quick mm-hmm. real fast christine all my life I, I lied all my life i cheated all of my life, I connived, I manipulated, I had people do this, do that for me all my life. And when I started this educational journey, man, and told me, told me uh, when, the, when the whole, the whole, the whole thing about doing everything contrary to what, what I used to do before, when that, when that light bulb went on, it made sense for, for me. Because remember I told you that this guy had told me, obviously what you were doing before wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. What did I have to lose? trying this new way of life. Mm-hmm. So I told myself, under no circumstances, I was gonna do any of them things that I was gonna see or swim on my own merit, right? Mm-hmm. I knew I was always made, to, uh, I had the capacity to go to college and I was gonna sink or swim. I was gonna cut no corners. I wasn't gonna cheat. I was gonna lie. I wasn't gonna connive any, for anything, man. I was gonna do, if I sink, I sink. But uh, at least I knew I, I, I gave it a shot. Right? Yeah. At least I knew I'd give it a shot. So when it, this guy tells me, it really screwed my mind to the point that I lost I lost sleep on it. So damn, I'm trying to find well, who's the number? Who, 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 
who runs a, a, a masculine social work program? I want to, well, it's Dr. So I want a number. Uh, well, well, I don't know. I want a number, man. I want to talk to her. So ring, I, I call her up. And I, I still got a number. I called her up and I called the number two a person up. And I told her, look, Dr. So-and-so, you know what? I don't, I want to know if, if I, if I got accepted because of the notoriety or because I got accepted on my own merit because I refuse, I refuse to step in over any worthy kid just because of my, my notoriety. I want to know that I, I got in uh, on my own merit. And so she was silent. She was silent. And she goes, you know what? I got, a, uh, I got an appointment right now. You know what? Call me up tomorrow and uh, I'll give you a step-by-step. -step. I'm gonna send you a Zoom link and, and, and uh, I'll be available and I'll explain everything. And guess what she did? And she showed, she showed me on why I got, uh, what do you call it? She goes, you know what? I never do this, but I'm gonna do this for you because I could understand where you're coming from. Wow. And so she, she had to set me at ease. Yeah. Because I was really, really, you know, because, you know, am I getting in on my own merit? Did I earn it because of, of, of what I've been doing or am I stepping over some kids? Because I refused to step over any of the kids. I refused to. I told her that, you know, but she explained it. She explained the whole process. She goes, I never do this, but I'm going to tell you exactly how it's done. And so she did it and she set my mind at ease and the rest is history. You know, uh, um, and, and you know, I appreciate yeah, I haven't met anybody that said, you know what, I'm gonna call up the the <laughs> the head of the department so I can, you know, talk even further about my application and make sure that I go in and you know with my own merit versus being no, because it's brutal, media influence. I lost sleep for a couple of days because yeah. I, I <laughs> it, it was really screwing with me. And then after that yeah. guy that told me the way he told me is like like, no, nah, how are they not? It'll make him look stupid. He's, he added so much yeah. more on it. It's like, nah, man, nah, that's not right. That's not right. That's what I was thinking, because I know how hard it is. You know how hard it is. How about this? This is after, there was 1,200 uh, applicants for 100 seats for, that, for, for my cohort. Right? Yeah. And I got one of them. How about, let me go one more. Out of them 100 seats that were available, 85 were for out of, out of uh, other universities. Only 15 were accepted from Long Beach. How about that one? And I was one of the 15. I didn't know all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's, that, tells hey. you where, that tells you where your heart is because trust me, there's people that won't, they won't lose, they won't lose their sleep knowing that they got into graduate school, that they had to pull all these plugs and do all these things to get nah, in. Dude, it didn't sit right with me. It didn't yeah. sit right with me. I thought, no, I want to make sure that I went in on my own merit because I was going to refuse it. I told her, I'll, I'll refuse it. If yeah. you can put me over anybody, I'll refuse it. I'm not going to go in. I'm going in on my own merit. I, I lied. I cheated all my life. I refuse to have that happen. I don't want no handouts. I want to go on my merit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On my merit. I knew I could do it. I want to make sure that I uh, that I did it. And if I had to wait another year, okay, so be it. I was going to wait another year. Mm -hmm. Not I that I'm fine with it, but I, but 
But she she took her time out. She as a matter of fact, we were on that PCG for about an hour and a half to work. She took <laughs> every what do you call it? And what got me, she told me, this is what you got. A, life experiences. Mm. But B, the other thing is I had been doing, I told you I'm in recovery and I have been doing a lot of panels for years already. Mm-hmm. That's considered social work, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Especially with the drug and alcohol uh, uh, comes to mind. And I, I've been doing that for years and years already anyway, right? And she goes, and the kids, these kids, they don't have the, not even half the, the experience that you have, you know, interacting with, with the, look, you mentor, you've been mentoring for, for all this time. Look, you've been doing these, these panels right here. You've been doing this right here. There was like three different panels that I do, right? Yeah. That in itself is, is, is good enough. I, we're not, we're not, uh, when it comes to experience, we're not talking about job. We're talking about what you do in, uh, in, uh, social, right. so, social wise. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And the, the social work wise. So okay, well, shit. And I did get in on my own man. And and that is so true because there's a lot of people that apply to graduate school, and sometimes they'll get in because they don't have the work experience. They weren't able to create their own opportunities or give the work experience. Right? It's not the work experience that they're looking for. Is well, how? What are you doing? You you doing? Uh, have you worked two years with uh with uh uh, uh older adults at, at a at a at a facility there or did you volunteer is they're looking at uh, volunteer if you do volunteered here if you've been doing it for a, for a period of time that's what's going to get you in if you've been working with kids at the boys uh, and girls club uh as a volunteer uh, uh leader for for recreational activity that's mm-hmm. all considered when it comes to MSW, not not that you've been working five years at, at Nordstrom's. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why but, I always tell people that, you know, stop asking your employers for permission. Stop asking people for permission to do what you want to do or to to gain the experience that you need, right? To be the subject matter expert in X, Y, and Z. Enter master's program here, you know? And you know, just to kind of tell you a little bit about myself, I work in housing. I have 15 years working in housing, but I saw a common pattern, right? I saw people not knowing their their housing rights. I saw, you know, Latinos, right? Um, not knowing their housing rights. Um, and I was like, you know what? And and students, of course, right? Students coming in, you know, needing a co-signer or needing a parent or having a roommate and then having fights with their roommates because they don't know how to like, talk about rent and utilities and who's going to pay one and when's rent. So then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start providing housing education workshops to the universities. I'm going to reach out to them and I'm going to have a session for undocumented students because there's this perception that if you're undocumented, you can't apply for housing, which is absolutely not true. You can't apply for housing if you don't have a social security number or an ITIN number. You'll pay a higher deposit, but yeah. the rent's the same, right? That's for housing. But I said, you know what? Let me just start reaching out to these universities. And who did I reach out to? San Francisco State University. I reached out to my alma mater. I reached out to the Dream Center. I've been doing it every year. Now I'm doing it at UC Berkeley. If you were to ask me that if when I created this housing education workshop, I would be sitting, you know, going to a a UC Berkeley campus and doing this through Habitat of Humanity, I would be like, you're bullshit lying, right? But they reached out to me because they saw my social media and they were like, hey, 
we're Habitat for Humanity. We are talking specifically about the housing crisis and housing insecurity in the Bay Area. I see that you post housing information. We would love to have you as our subject matter expert be a speaker. And I've done it every semester, spring and fall. And again, UC Berkeley, right? Like you said earlier, you wish you went to UC Berkeley. I wish I went to UC Berkeley, right? But the fact that I'm there under Christina Rodriguez, I'm there as a future doctora, I'm there under Latinas with masters, I'm there as a yeah. of immigrants, I'm there as all of these things. I'm all of those identities, right? All these intersectionalities. I also experienced housing insecurity when I was pregnant in graduate school, you know, getting rental increases. The irony of it is that I worked in housing, but the difference was I knew my housing rights. And so I did not let a landlord tell me, you know, about the way she wanted to like manage her apartment community without violating fair housing laws, right? So that's where I kind of got her. But, um, but again, I created this opportunity. Nobody gave it to me. Nobody handed it to me. I didn't ask my job. It's not a conflict of interest because it's public information. You can go online and literally research rent control. You know, how many days do I get my security deposit back? That is all public information. I'm not telling you anything. But a lot else. of people don't like doing that, that research. Know. I know, right? So those are the things that I always share like the number one thing when people ask me like oh but I don't have experience or I can't get a job it's like well why don't you just start it if you're seeing this gap in literature if you're seeing this gap in this industry then create it stop asking permission of you know like you said should have would have could have just do it just do it and then it will naturally on its own take you to where you need to be and we are God, I think I've been doing this for like almost five years now, you year. know, and it's not like I get paid hella money for it. I get paid for presenting, but I do it from the kindness of my heart. I do it because I know the need of knowing your housing rights. I know the need of closing housing insecurity, especially among college students, right? And something that we don't talk enough about are veterans, right? Our students who have been incarcerated, who it's, it is hard to get housing, you know, with, with that type of experience, you know, it's not easy. And so again, I, I just, I share that a lot because everything that I do through Latinas with masters is because I've opened my mouth. I reached out, I email, I phone call, I'm persistent. I'm not scared. The worst thing they can say is no, no, I'm not available. No, we're not interested. And that's fine. And I don't, I guess me personally, I don't hear a no, I hear a not right now. So you're going to hear from me. You're going to, you're going to see me on TV or you're going to hear me through a podcast. You're going to be like, damn, I remember when Christina reached out to me and I said, no. And then they come back wanting to be on my podcast or wanting to do this. Perfect. Like I said, no grudges. I'm here to share the space, but I know what my intentions are. And it's not for clout. It's not because oh, this person's going viral. No, it's because I saw your story and I was like, dude, this is a badass person that I want to interview because like you said, there's this stigma around individuals who have your experience and have your background, you know, and we don't really get to hear your story. It's always this counter narrative of what we think happened. Oh, this is why you went to prison or this is why you didn't get your college education. But we're now hearing your story and we're validating it, you know, because that is your truth. That is your story. You lived it. That is your lived experience, right? And so 
Um, I do want to thank you for sharing um, your truth, your story, you know, your journey, um, you know, and one thing that I do want to leave with you, Joseph, is what advice do you have, you know, for our audience, rather it's, you know, someone in a similar that situation that you were in, or even just someone that's interested in getting their, their graduate degree, like, what is your advice? Don't settle. Don't settle. Yeah. Right. We don't, we know the, 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 the sky's the limit, man, but don't settle, you know? Uh, I, I think because I'm in recovery, they told me if I do X, Y, and Z in recovery that I could reach for the stars and I've done X, Y, and Z and guess what I'm reaching, I'm still reaching, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I love that. And, 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 and uh, because I did, uh, uh, like I said, there's a lot of men and women with the same narrative as, as my own, man, and, and the same, similar, uh, exactly. Sometimes it's eerie because I hear the, yeah. my story over and over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but like I said, they're homeowners, they're business owners, they're supervisors, they're foremen, going to school, uh, all aspects of what mainstream society, you know, and 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 they're doing the, the uh, we call it doing the deal. And 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 they inspire me, man, you know, and and so now uh, 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 sure I've had my ups and downs. I've had to deal with death. I have I just buried my dad last year. I, my little brother old deed, you know, and I ripped my heart off. I've had separation. Uh, my wife, she was with the she she started this journey with me and um she started using again and she started using with the next store neighbor and she started uh, uh, sleeping with them. Mm. Um, but um, I was tired of that life. And, and, and uh, you know, with her, um, we separated, you know, and, and I didn't talk to her for a lot of years, man, but uh, how can I be this person that's changing unless I have forgiveness in my heart? How can I be this person that's got spirituality in my, my heart? Mm -hmm. And I forgive her, and you know, and, uh, uh, I love her, but I'm not in love with her, if that makes sense. You know, uh, she's a good woman, uh, but you've heard that before. <laughs> that, that ship sailed, you know, yeah. and uh, we talk, you know, and I help her out when I can. But uh, uh, I've had a lot of adversity, but I, I didn't, I just celebrated. A, a, actually, today I got uh, nine years seven months and four days that I haven't put a mind altering substance in my body. Congratulations. God willing, this April, celebrate that win. I'll, I'll be celebrating, God willing, in April, I'll be celebrating double digits, man. And digits. people that know me, that see me, they still shake their, their head when they, 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 especially people from my neighborhood, they, they, see, they still can't believe me. Yeah, I know, sometimes I, I don't believe in myself, but it is what it is. I've been blessed beyond my my wildest dreams. Because guess what? I get to meet beautiful people such as yourself, man. You know, and that that inspire me. You know, uh, does life get uh, tough? Yeah. I got a funny guy. He throws curveballs every once in a while. But you know, look. I take a deep breath, say a little prayer, and, and move on man, for myself. You know, it, it, it works. It works for me. You know, uh, uh, and if I have any mind-altering uh, uh, or or, or life-altering uh, uh, decision that I have to do, I got a, a whole, a whole I got a whole list of, of people I call, man. Or I, uh, I, hey, I need to talk to you, man. I'm gonna go there, and mm -hmm. I could sit down, and and and, and they'll see, they'll hear me out. 
And if anything else, we know it's therapeutic just to sit and talk and bend and, 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 and talk about whatever, you know? Absolutely. Uh, uh, and I do that. I do that. And I do that regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 and it's helped me. And I'm of the mind. If it ain't broke, I ain't trying to fix it. I, I stay with the same formula. I've been with the same formula. I ain't trying to fix nothing. It's mm-hmm. worked so far. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if anything else, I tell people, look, man. What I do is on a day-to-day basis, mm. not a weekly, not a monthly, not a quarterly. I take this one day at a time. That's what they told me. Mm-hmm. Yesterday already happened, and tomorrow's not promised. Mm-hmm. All I have is today. All mm. I have is today. And what I try to do is be a little better than yesterday, period. And it's worked out, you know? It's worked out pretty damn good. It's gonna be this far, God willing, this may, hopefully. Uh, uh, no, these are all wise words, wisdom. I mean, I'm learning from you. You definitely inspire me. I mean, this is the reason why I created the podcast is was to share the hard knocks of you know of academia. You know Real quick, Christina, let me say this. Yes. You know, another thing that helps me go. My mom's been gone to, since since 2006, mm-hmm. and and even at my worst, she see me at my worst. You know, I, I I caused that woman a lot of pain, a lot of misery, and a lot of heartache. And and uh, she never gave up hope on me, and and everything that she had told me has come to pass. She told me a long time ago that I was going to help somebody. And I was so drug induced, and I was so whatever uh, uh, you know. I was on, I was strung out on heroin. I was so loaded. I said, "Yeah, right." She told me that. She told me that like thirty years ago, forty years ago. That, that, wow. That that I was one day I was going to help somebody, and I and of course my 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 answer to yeah, right. Who am I going to help? I'm in my mind. I'm thinking, yeah, right. Well, they're going to help me get get another fix. You know, and and now reflecting in my life, uh, uh, you know, everything that she told me, it's all come to pass. She told me that, you know. And, and well, let me tell you, you're helping more than one person. You are helping, like you said today, you're helping tomorrow. You're helping the current generation, and you're helping future generations. And you're helping. Oh, we want to try to get them young. We want to try to get. I was gonna young. say you're helping my kids because Mike, I got little ones, you know. Yeah, and you and if anything else, we want to leave them a, a a better world. And I'd like to think that I I, I make a difference, and make a a little better than than when when I go out, you know. Absolutely. Some, some type of difference. Well, your mom definitely saw her vision saw you in her vision in the future for sure because you are definitely helping a lot of people she, she seen me and, and this is why i say i was talking about the god he's funny he puts a uh, mother's intuition in each uh, woman that has a kid he can't mm-hmm. convince me otherwise yeah that is what she saved me but but all the worst all the worst all She never gave up. She loved me unconditionally. 
still stayed with me. She still stayed with me. Mm-hmm. Unconditionally, bro. It's like, the only solace I have is that she's looking down and cheering me on and telling my, my aunts, my homies, that you see, I told you so. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've lost a lot of homies. I lost, uh, in my lifetime, we, we figured this out. There's nothing. Just just the guys. Mm-hmm. At least 60 childhood friends all have died as a result of their addiction or medical issues arising from their addiction. Yeah. And, and, and I always tell people, man, you know what? My life is real simple because I always give thanks just for waking up. Mm. How could I have a bad day if I'm not allowed to have a wake up? You know, if, obviously I'm not gonna have a good day if I, if I don't wake up. And that's how simple my life is today. People ask me, Joseph, you're always telling me that you're blessed. Yeah, I am. Well, why? Because I woke up this morning. And what do you mean? I woke up this morning. And I didn't want to go into what I just explained to you, why I okay. was thinking that. Because in my lifetime, I know a lot of people that don't have that opportunity. So when I get out of myself during the day and when I get the, uh, 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 ungrateful, I always tell you, shut up. You woke up this morning. It's like, mm. oh, shit, man. It centers me. It really is. And that's how simple my life is today. When I get out of myself, because there's some times that I get out of, uh, uh, a lot of times that I get out of myself. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Shut up, stupid. You woke up this morning. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. I have to think of all the people that I've known. I've known a lot of people. They don't have that opportunity. Well, now you're about to be a whole gang of Latinas with masters, Chicanos with masters, Latinx with masters, first, second, third generation with masters. I mean, our community is growing. It's a diverse I love it. community. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, you make everything. me so proud. You make me so proud, man. You know, uh, and let's let's why not why not make this international, man? Why not uh, uh, not just just uh, uh, California, we'll make it all around the world, man. Let, let it be no way. Hey, we we do things too. What's wrong Absolutely. with that? Definitely love. global. Definitely a lot of individuals reach out to me, international, that you know, I'm a Latina in Germany, I'm a Latina in South America, I'm a yeah. Latina in sure. wherever. All over, man. And they're all over. They're uh, all over. Uh, so uh, I look at my analytics and and we definitely have some uh <laughs> international waters listening to us so shout out to everyone who's listening outside of california outside of the united states um that have joined our community and are subscribing to our community so thank you so much i really do appreciate it me and you can absolutely talk talk forever i i love how you basically answered all my questions like i had to go back a few times just to be like wait i want to make sure did i ask him this or he told me this but you know, I, I love everything about you because you showed up authentically. You show up as yourself. Um, and one thing that I'm super big about, which is part of my dissertation, is creating a culture of belonging for Latinx and higher education. And this is my living proof that this is what I'm contributing to our community, to our raza, to our society of how it's done. You know, I, I don't have to be in a classroom. I don't have to be on campus right? I'm using the power of social media. I'm using the power of technology to create that. It is that simple. Just start. 
And so I want to thank you again, Joseph, for um, sharing your story, your story, your journey. Um, you want to tell people how they can get a hold of you or anything you would like to share, any final words before we end the episode? Well, you got my email. Anybody wants to email me at uh, Joseph Valadez uh, at, uh, at student, uh, CSULBEDU. Okay. You got my email, right? Yes, I can definitely share that. Joseph.Valadez at student.CSULB.EDU. Perfect. And, and if anything else, uh, especially people that, that come from uh, my background, your background is your background. It's not a death sentence, right? Mm -hmm. We think it's a distance, you know. Uh, reach for the stars. Reach for the stars. Don't settle. And keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> Our right. forward. Well, thank you so much, Joseph. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Latinos uh, with Masters podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. A lot of gems um, throughout um, this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys later. Peace out. Bye.